Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash ev6 kia movement that inspires i am so excited to be on this podcast with you well you're you are on the mount rushmore of podcasters Welcome to Literally. It is me, Robbie Lowe. Sona Movsasian is my guest. Now, Sona, I'm sure you guys know because if you are listening to my show, you are obviously listening to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend because they're my producing partners. They produce this show and everybody loves Conan. Right? Right? And I think Sona brings out a sort of, it's a Lennon and McCartney thing that they have going on that podcast. And um, and she's super charming and super funny and interesting in her own right, as you're about to find out. Um, let's bring her on. I have a humble little show here. You, week in and week out with, you know, Big Red, as I like to call him. Uh <laughs> Conan O'Brien, um, you guys are the, you're the gold standard. You're the red standard. You're not the gold well, standard. You're the red standard. I think a common theme throughout my entire career has been just riding his coattail. So I can't take credit for that. Uh, but it it is really nice that the one podcast that I did is one with Conan O'Brien, which, yeah, it's, it's you know, yours is also huge too. So, I mean, it's just one huge podcast complimenting another huge podcast. Well, I, I've had so much fun doing this, I have to say. I mean, but like I at least was like you you literally went, went from worked your way up from being a page. Mm hmm. Yes. At I NBC did. to, to mm-hmm. sitting in the big chair next to Big Red. Yes. Big Red. <laughs> big Red. <laughs> yeah. That's Tell true. me about being. First of all. Do you have pictures of you in the uniform? I refused to allow anybody to let me take uh, to take a photo of me. It Come was on, those are iconic horrific, page. horrific polyester nightmare. I mean, it was blue blazer, white button down shirt with a peacock tie and a gray skirt with black tights. It was gross. Just hearing you say that, I'm transported to Saturday Night Live and like. Somebody like you is is like trying to figure out where to put my family in the audience. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a lot of celebrity families. I tried to figure out where to put them in the audience. I mean, I, I sat a lot of people. I gave a lot of tours with a lot of very false information. Mm. And it was, uh, you know, and I started off as an intern at NBC. So, you oh, know, geez. it was really fun. But how great. 30 Rock's 
the, the that whole vibe is is really great. Uh, or is it from from a Page's perspective? Because obviously my perspective would be very different. Obviously, but I still get a buzz about being on those floors. Here's the thing, Rob. I was a page at, at on the West Coast. I was a page in Burbank. Oh, Jesus. And have you ever... Yes. Oh, forget it. <laughs> have you ever been on that NBC Burbank lot? The one that was on Alameda and Olive, I think? Oh, yeah. Where, where it was the Tonight Show. The, the right. actual... Yes, ex- obviously. So you've been there for sure. It okay, was... so wait a second. So is there a... There should be a page rivalry then because West Coast pages... They I'm win. sorry. I, I, I'm present company accepted. They are definitely not on the same level. No, 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 no. East, no. East Coast pages. wins. I'm sorry. I, when I said they, I meant they as in the East Coast page. Yes. The East Coast pages win. When I heard that the uh, the Today Show page gets a car service to take them back to home after or take them to work, I can't remember what? how it worked. They get car service, or they used to. I I don't know if wow. NBC still has the money the money to spend on that, but. Right. They would get car service from whatever apartment they lived in to 30 Rock for the Today Show. And I remember thinking, okay, and then I come to Burbank and there's nothing at Burbank. I mean, the Tonight Show was the biggest show at the time and it was, you know. Was there ever a time when Jay did not wear the blue denim shirt? No, no. As he walked around. I've never seen him anything except a, in a Canadian tuxedo, a, blue, a denim shirt, denim pants, and uh, one stop on our tour because it was so not boring but very unexciting. Was what car did Jay drive into work today? And mm-hmm. we would look at his parking spot, and sometimes there'd be a fire truck, sometimes there would be the most exotic sports car you've ever seen. Yeah, his car collection is is probably one of the most extensive in the world. Yeah. And his collection of um, denim shirts. <laughs> That's so true. I heard he has all of his cars in an airplane hangar somewhere in, in Burbank. I think. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's actually in Santa Monica. Santa Monica is the oh, place okay. where all of the people keep their, their cars. J- and Jay, Jay has those like, mal- what's the correct pronunciation of that dog? The Malamut eyes? Like, oh, I don't know. Do you know those like, like they're like sled dogs. Okay. Like where their eyes have those crazy blue... <laughs> <laughs> Malibut eyes, and he'd come back there with that blue shirt and those blue eyes, and he'd be, hey, just came by to say hi. It's gonna have a great show, and you'd be like, <laughs> this is gonna be great. <laughs> it's a perfect Jay Leno impression. <laughs> I didn't know he had. You mean like huskies? Yes, yeah, no, like no. a husky. Yeah, oh, like husky. Okay. You know, there's a really crazy blue. Yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. blue Jay eyes. I didn't know that. I mean, I you know, I know that his wife was Mavis, and that she had a seat in the audience that we always reserved for her. Um. And that's about it. And that he always, he just loves denim. Who doesn't? That, well, you know, wearing denim with denim. I don't know how often I I don't love it every day's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other more comfortable fabrics than denim. And you know, the other thing that was amazing about Jay was he, no, nobody worked more, loved working more. He would finish the, as you know, that he would finish the Tonight Show go to Burbank airport and get on a plane and fly somewhere and work on the weekends doing um, an appearance or a stand-up show or Vegas, get back on the plane and repeat and just did it. I think he, I, I think he might've worked every weekend of the year. Yeah. I think I remember hearing that about him too. I mean, I, you know, my opinion about him definitely changed after everything went down with Conan's tonight show. I have to be completely honest and tell you that, but you I got to support that- big red. I oh I'm I'm Team Coco all day every day, but I think that there's uh yeah I I um I just remember the moment the show ended, he was out with an outfit, you know, ready to get on the in the car and go someplace else and do comedy. He just was constantly going. And we know that Conan exhausted. hates to work. I mean, you know, he will oh he do anything it. to avoid it. Yeah, that guy just he's the laziest person I've ever met. He mm-hmm. hates learning. Yeah. Uh, he hates history. Uh, yeah. He hates presidential history specifically. He just, he's so lazy. And I think he's the reason he set the bar for everybody who works for him. And all of us just phone it in. Yeah, he, and you know, when you live your life in a lightless sun, no sun cocoon, <laughs> like like Conan. Conan lives, he's, 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 a, he's a poopa. Like, that, that's what they go with. <laughs> 
<laughs> isn't that what? Isn't that what, before you come out of your exoskeleton into the world? You're like, is it? I have no idea. Yeah, he's I a poopa. He's yeah. I think Conan would be perfectly happy just being in gray weather all day, and that is. I cannot think of anything more miserable, at least for me personally, than just having no sunshine. But. He's not built for it. I remember when he moved to California, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I thought that no, there's a man who probably shouldn't be allowed even. <laughs> it to, should to be here. illegal. They should definitely see how Irish someone is before letting them into California. Because, you know, he's 100% Irish, which I think is, I don't want to say freakish, but it's it's insane. Who's... Who's in this country for as long as his family has been here and is 100% anything has he done the 23 and me do you know that's how he knows that's he how a, he knows he did a genetic he did a dna thing and then he found out he's a hundred percent irish isn't that horrifying it's really nuts when you do that 23 and me and they give you the map that map and they have like little bullseyes everywhere oh. you're, you're like oh i didn't know i had finland who knew but just getting if it just said Ireland, Ireland, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, exactly. I mean, did you have you done it? I've never done it, but my dad has. I did. I have to say, it was really cool. I liked it, and and um, it's just sort of confirmed everything I suspected, except it was a lot more um, uh, like Viking Scandinavian stuff than I would oh, have thought. Wow! Did you find family you didn't know existed? Yeah, well, I did. I did um, a show on NBC called "Who Do You Think You Are." Oh, Lisa Which, Kudrow's show. Lisa Kudrow show, yeah, and it was amazing. And you know, they put a team of renowned genealogists on you for as long as it takes. It took them two years, and oh a lot God. of times they, you know, they pick a celebrity, and you know, they don't come up with anything that's interesting. And then they, go, I'm sorry, there's not going to be a show. So I said I'd like to do it, and then two years later they. Say we have we have your story and you have to commit to I think eight travel days. They don't tell you where you're going. Wow. They, they only tell you you need a passport and you need to pack warm or cold clothing. That's it. And they film the entire thing. So you it's really super exciting. And I'm I'm you know you go to the airport. You don't know where you're headed. You get on the plane. I'm like oh I'm going to Washington D.C. I wonder why. And it just unfolds from there. And and um I think you can get my episode on Hulu. But it's 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 super moving and it was. That is so neat. I mean, I can reveal, should I reveal, spoiler alert, here's the spoiler alert. Yes. Um, So in the house that I'd been, that I built for myself and and my family, and we just recently sold it, but we've lived in it forever. We designed it after, um, inspired by Mount Vernon, George Washington's home. And I have um, a friend who gave me a a very beautiful oil of George Washington, and it's on my, um, it's in the big, our formal dining room. So I go to, I, I do this thing with Lisa Kudrow. I find out that my five time, my five time great grandfather, so my great grandfather five times over, fought George Washington. Wow. When, when Washington crossed the Delaware on Christmas Day, Stop. he charged my five time great grandfather's camp and took him prisoner. What? What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that bizarre? That's incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah, my grandfather was a was a Hessian soldier. So in Hessia, Germany, they would conscript <gasps> all of the fighters, and, the, and they were notoriously the fantastic fighters. And so England would add to their ranks in the war by paying for these uh, mercenary warriors. My my grandpa was uh, 19 at the time, and he arrived um, via ship, and they have the diary. They had the diary. Um, the ship at one point languished in the Atlantic in the doldrums with no wind in the middle of the Atlantic for three weeks <gasps> and, and arrived in New York Harbor in 1776. Oh, my God. God, this just blew my mind. Isn't that crazy? So is that how your family came here? That's how that part of the family came here. And then on the other branches of the family have been here even longer. Wow. 
wow. You know, as a child of immigrants, every yes. time I hear a story like this, it blows my mind because it is so it's, you know, our, our family tree can only be traced back maybe two or th- at the most three generations. We're Armenian. Right. Uh, but my, my mom and dad are both from Istanbul. It's a beautiful city. Um, my dad is from a, a nearby, I don't know how close it is. It's, he's from a village. My dad grew up in a, in a village and he grew up in, you know, abject pro- poverty. And then he, at the age of, I think, four or five, moved to Istanbul. My mom was always in Istanbul. And then they came here and they, you know, got married here, had my brother and I here. But we, you know, Armenians, we, we're survivors of genocide. So anyone who has historical, you know, things like the Holocaust, genocide in them, obviously are, are almost impossible to, to trace their gene. I was going to ask you about the, the genocide because that, that would be, you know, that was un... What is it? And not many people know about that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of doesn't get the sort of recognition it should because it's it's just a horrible thing it's it's horrible right? and it's it's only you know it's not even that long ago it's about uh it was in 1915 and so it you know a million and a half armenians were killed uh greeks were also killed kill, uh kurds were also killed and it was h- horrific and it and a lot of armenians can trace their existence to a survivor of it. So Mm. my grandfather and my grandmother, both on my father's side, were both orphaned because of it. So, you know, they, that side of my family just sort of stops there. We don't know anything about my grandma who's Greek. We don't know anything about my grandpa's side. And then on my mom's side, it's my great grandparents. So it just sort of, we go that far and then it just sort of ends. And uh, my dad did a DNA test, but I, I think he found some relatives that ha- he shared some DNA with. But uh, I don't know. I think he's a little hesitant to just reach out to them and, and see how we're related. Uh, oh, yeah. Listen, by the way, I don't want to do that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't need to meet, you know, Uncle Freddie or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> But how incredible that you could trace your roots all the way back that far. That's amazing. We um we actually ended up going to um the little town in Germany where my where he was from and there in the church they had the records of births and deaths and marriages that traced my family back to 1600. Wow. And it's the original writing in the original church and I was able to go to the house that he lived in, which still exists. It still exists? Still exists. That's incredible that it still exists. I mean, you know, my parents, when they went to Istanbul, they hadn't been there in 40 years, and it was completely different. People just built things where they grew up, and they tore down these old buildings. But the fact that that building is still there is pretty incredible. Oh, my God. And, you know, the, the I mean, obviously you know this, but the thing that's so amazing about Istanbul is when you go over that amazing bridge over the Bo- uh, Bosphorus, mm-hmm. you, you go from Asia to Europe. That's right. And it's so insane when you see, like, Syria, <laughs> 100 miles. <laughs> you know. Like, Iran, 500, what the, what? This is nuts. It's nuts. I know. It's pretty crazy. And how about how beautiful that, I mean, the pines there. Mm-hmm. The, 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 those beautiful, I, I just loved it. I, I could have sat by the Bosphorus and watched, you know, the ships go by all day long. You know what? I actually have dual citizenship with Turkey. So I mm. went to Turkey when I was two. And so I don't remember much of it. But my mom thought we were going to go back all the time. So she got my brother and I dual citizenship. So I have a Turkish passport. Um, but then they have mandatory military duty at 18. So for men. And so my brother was sort of called into the military. They're like, you're 18. It's time for you to serve it now. And like, you know, he had to write this letter just saying, I'm in, I'm, I live in America. I haven't been there in, you know, 15 years. And I, I, I go to school out here, so I can't go there and join the military. It was, it's very bizarre, but I, I still have my Turkish passport. I, it's pretty useless. I haven't really been I'd like to go back. You got to go. Have family there. Yeah. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day or check out a world-class art museum 
and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer, California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. I was looking up other interesting things about you. And oh, yeah, look out. Don't you hate does that? Does that strike terror into your heart? Because when, when people do it to me, I go, Oh boy, this is about this is where the interview takes a turn, right? <laughs> when somebody says that, don't you think it does when it's Rob Lowe, to be quite honest? I mean, the fact that you, you know, because you're you're so you're such a huge celebrity, and for you to be like, I've learned this about you, it's it is mind. It's mind blowing. <laughs> no, you're just you're just buttering me up. So that's so. not true. Um, your first crush was the guitarist Slash. That was your first crush? My first real, so my first, I would say my first actual crush as a kid was probably Jordan Knight from New Kids on the Block. That makes more sense. Slash is sort of the, he was my sexual awakening. He's the one who, like, I, I saw him in that November Rain video, and I just remember thinking, why is my body responding this way? Yes. (laughs) And so, you know, Jordan Knight was my first crush slash was something deeper than that because it was, we're not that different in age. Maybe when I'm older, I can actually be with slash. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, cause my brother had, you know, posters of girls in his room. He had, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like a lot of guys, and I think it's different for them. It's it's more lust 
it's more like, ah, oh, she's hot. I want a picture of her in my room. For me, it was one day I think I can be with Slash. Mm. One day I think he and I will be together. It's and aspirational. It's aspirational. And I think it's also, you know, we, I, I, you know, you write your name with their last name on your binder. You know, you oh, think about long-term plans. It's not just, mm-hmm. oh, I want to, you know, get with him. It's, I want to have a long, meaningful relationship <laughs> with yeah. him. At least that's how it was for me. And I, I had, love a, that. you know, I, um. I had the rock up on my wall too because I got into wrestling for a little while. Oh, so you were you were an early adapter to the rock. I was. Oh, I was, you know, back in the, you know, WWE days. I used to stay home on Thursday nights just so I could watch the Thursday night SmackDown and because I loved the rock so much. But it, you know, I I wasn't I never objectified the men I had crushes on. I wanted to marry them and have their children and be in a relationship with them, which I think is, is sweet. And it's It's very sweet. (laughs) I think I would like to imagine what your marriage would be like to slash. Uh, I think it would be a disaster because I think (laughs) that I would revere him so much and I would, you know, uh, just, I, I don't think I could ever be myself around him. Could you get him to stop wearing the hats? Absolutely not. I would never. That's who he is, Robin. Who he How is. dare you even imply that I could change him? How and as I'm wearing sir? a hat, by the way, this is, I'm, I'm wearing a horrible hat. So I, no, I have, that's a cool hat. What is that hat? I, let's see. We got it. It looks this like is, the evil this eye. This is uh oh, East Lake Golf Club. That's okay. The people in Atlanta will. That's where they play the FedEx Cup. Oh, okay. Are you? Do you golf? I do. I've. I. I. I love golf. Yeah, I people people who golf love it. My sister in law loves golfing. It is um, other than surfing, as a recovering drug and alcohol addict, I can tell you that it is the only thing that is a truly addicting. Like there's a whatever that component is that is in golf is very much has an addictive thing that that I, and I I love and play every sport. Right. I, I love skiing. I love tennis. I love you name it. I'll go do it with you. I love it. Uh huh. But there's something that golf has that once once it's like it's like doing a drug that once you do too much of it, you're just you're 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 hooked. Mm-hmm. That that's what golf is, and I don't know why that is, but it's well, very, you're very competing true. against yourself, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's a big draw of it. I've heard is that you're just there's nobody else that you're competing against, really. You just want to better your score. You want to do better. You you want to work on any and you're outside, which is lovely. You're outside, and you can you're you know what it is. You're always you know what I think it is. You're always chasing the high mm-hmm. that you can never catch. Ah, so. The best golfers in the world can can have a horrible round, right? And so no one ever masters it. And it's and like surfing is the other thing. Same with surfing and surfing. You're 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 chasing and hoping for that that one wave that you had that you remember from that time you were in Hawaii and <laughs> and you can never recreate it. You can just try as you as you might. You cannot recreate it. So you, are you it's chasing the high? Are you from Los Angeles originally? I'm from Dayton, Ohio, originally, the Midwest. Really? You and give then, me but, such SoCal vibes. I, well, I've been here since I was 12. Yes, I feel like that's probably why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I bought in full. <laughs> I, I fully have bought in. I mean, like, you know, today I was like, am I going to go, when I'm done, am I going to go surf or am I going to go golf? Yeah, yeah, you're SoCal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm very, yeah, yeah. I, and I have to be outside all the time. I, I am outside all day long. I hate being inside for anything. That's why you never age. Well, but they say that isn't the sun supposed to make you look like Ty Cobb's baseball mitt? <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> no, it's because you have this zest for life and you love life. And I think that that's actually, that's better than any moisturizer you could buy. It's better than any sunscreen you could put on. I think that it's just doing things and being outside and living life. I, I get that. I totally do. I do think that literally running, jumping, doing like, think of the physical activities that kids do. They yeah. run, they jump. That's the thing that adults never do. When was the last time you jumped? Around. I can't Jump. even remember the last it's time I It's super, it, people don't realize this and it sounds stupid. It's not. It's super important to jump. What do, when do you jump? 
I jump when I train. I do um, the, a trip. You ever seen a triple jump in the Olympics? That crazy thing. They looks like a they go boing boing boing, and then they. Oh it looks yeah, like, yeah. You I do, do that. that. Oh my god! And I do um, frog leaps as well. Oh, so you... and then of course you do box jumps. You jump up on the box and back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's really I do, important. I just don't jump. I mean, I will say there is this trampoline park not too far from me, and I went a few years ago, and it was thrilling it was thrilling and i Isn't think it? and i never looked at it the way that you say it where you're like you did this as a kid and you're almost you're you when you do the things you did when you were a kid run jump you know do just physical activity without even thinking about it it is you really do get transported back to when you were a kid it, it was so much fun it was yeah, we, we, we just slowly but surely as we age if we're not careful um our lives become smaller, you know, in that way. And um, there's a great Clint Eastwood story, you know, I don't know how old Clint even is now. He's 90 something. He still directs two movies a year. Um, (laughs) Up until recently he was skiing. He may still be skiing. And somebody asked him how, how he has managed to keep his vitality and all these years. And he said, I never let the old man in. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a great, I think that's what my dad, my grandpa did. He was, he had so much vitality up until like maybe he was 92 and then he lived for another few more years. But I think once he got to that age, it did finally catch up to him and then he just couldn't fight it off anymore. And then eventually he died because, you know, he was, he went from being somebody who just mentally was never an old person Mm-hmm. to realizing his body disagreed with him. And then he became an old person and then he died. And it was, but he lived this long, beautiful life with so much energy and and so much, he had so much activity in him and he was just always on the go. It was wonderful to watch. And I bet he was curious to the end. That's the other big, the, the physicality we talked about, but the other part of it is curiosity. Because when your curiosity goes, you're gone. Yes. Yeah. He wanted an, I, I remember he really wanted an iPhone. There you and go. we were like, uh, you know, we were worried, can he use one? Can he do it? And then eventually we gave him an old one just to see, and you could see him grab it. And he just was pressing it, trying to figure it out. And, and, you know, I don't know who he was going to text or call or what <laughs> he was going to slide into some DMs. <laughs> I don't know what he was going to do, but he really, he saw that everybody else had one. And he thought if everybody else has one, I should have one too. And I really respected that about him. It was, it was great. It was sweet. Um, I, okay. So you obviously started as Conan's assistant. Well, started your, that's how you started your affiliation with Conan. Yes. So let's talk about being a Hollywood assistant, shall we? Oh, let's, let's talk. About let's that. do a deep dive on this. Yeah. Um, because there are so many iterations of that job, right? And there's like, if, depending on who you work for, mm-hmm. it's a different skill set. It's a different thing. Like, it's very different being Conan's than it would be being, you know, Keanu Reeves's versus right. whatever the hell. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, what, I guess what I'm asking, first of all, I heard a rumor that there's actually a union being put together of Hollywood assistants. Really? Yes. Wow. 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 Okay. And if you guys go on strike, show business is over. Everything shuts down. I think that they finally realize that. And I think that that's that's a big part of it. So when I first graduated college, I really wanted to work in television. And people said, work as an agent's assistant because they will abuse you. Mm-hmm. verbally and and sometimes physically throw things at you mm-hmm. and you will get a thick skin and then you pay your dues then you get to do whatever you want and i remember thinking that sounds awful i don't want to do that and I, <laughs> I i just and and i mean you've probably seen the evolution of it where before you know everybody was like i have to put up with whatever i need to put up with because i am putting in my dues and i am going to be somebody who you know, I, I, I just want them to know how serious I am about this. And then now if you're 
a shitty boss, you get called out on a social media site and then it snowballs. Then other people are like, yeah, they're terrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. And I think that, uh, you know, working for Conan has taught me someone can be hyper successful. Someone can be really good at their job. Someone can be, uh, you know, a celebrity and still be very kind to the people who work for them. And I realized that maybe it's not that these people are saying, oh, you have to pay your dues. I think that shitty bosses are typically shitty people and they were abused. So they think they can abuse. And I, I, I really hope that there's a point where the cycle stops. Yeah, for sure. And you're right that I've seen there used to be, it's a 20, it's a 24 hour job. If, I, if, if they call you at three o'clock in the morning, you got to, it's like, what the, what, we're not working for the, this isn't the white house. Is there <laughs> nuclear know. issues? You know, this isn't NORAD. <laughs> That's so true. Some people act like they're saving the world. It's, it's like you're making, you're creating fun entertainment. You know, it's, it is, yes. Are there billions of dollars behind the industry? Of course there is. But at the same time, you can make good product and not make people just want to go to the bathroom and sob because yeah, you like, look, if, if Madonna wakes up in the middle of the night and goes to the bedside table and the Evian is gone, <laughs> you don't have to go to smart and final. At no. three o'clock in the morning? No, you don't. You don't have you to do don't. that. You don't. You don't. And I think that like the idea of oh, you have to pay your dues, you have to show you're serious. I mean, isn't that what we did in college? We went to college. We pulled all nighters. We did yeah. internships. We worked part time. I, I would leave the house at seven in the morning. I wouldn't come back till eleven at night. And it was just I was constantly working. So by the time they get to you, isn't that already they've paid their dues? You've interviewed them. You know they're good. Just treat them nicely, and it it won't. And it's, I think that's the thing. And, uh, it is, it is a really important job. There are a lot of people out there who just could not function without their assistance. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's twofold. I've, I've found there are people who, for whatever reason, developmentally who they are is who they actually are at their core cannot or don't want to navigate the world in a way that most average human beings can and do. They're those people. And I'm not judging them. They're out there. And mm-hmm. I, by the way, I can absolutely fall into that category sometimes. Um, but really what it is, is like the, it's the amount of incoming, you know, like I'm doing, I do two podcasts. I do two network television shows. Right. I, I write books. I have one It's like, it, it's just, it's air traffic control is the way when people ask, what does Sarah, who is my assistant, is she's air traffic control and I'm LAX. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. I think that's the best way to describe it. I do. And, and Sarah probably does a lot for you that if she just, if she was abducted by aliens today, it would be really hard for you to get all that info that she has and is controlling for you and figure it out. And it's because you're just a very, very busy human being. And I think that I understand why assistance exists, but you are, I I can already tell you're probably just a a very nice person to her. You don't mistreat her. You understand her value. And I think that a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Well, listen, for a long time, show business, was was one of the few legitimate businesses that that tolerated bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Like you'd never get away with it in banking, no, or like at GM. Yeah. I work at <laughs> Pfizer. <laughs> but I'm gonna throw a stapler at you. <laughs> what? I know it was almost like HR didn't exist, and it was it was almost hedonistic from what I've heard. And Here's this my is, single my single yeah. greatest assistant story I've ever heard. Was my was this directly was my my buddy who he wanted to work um, for a big Hollywood producer action movie producer doesn't get any bigger than this person in the eighties and nineties the number one Hollywood action producer and he goes and meets him it's pouring rain it's on the set and the guy shows up late the producer and says um, I, I, I'm gonna go, I'll be right back and we'll meet 
Well, the producer forgets about the kid and goes out and he has a dinner and comes back. Two hours later, the kid's still standing in the pouring rain in the exact <gasps> same exact same spot. And the, the producer's like, what are you doing here? He goes, well, you said we were going to meet, so you said wait here. So I waited here. Oh, my God. And he goes, you're, you're okay by me, kid. Let's, and so he, he, has, he, he has him on for a trial week. <sighs> he says, I need you to go get me a Diet Pepsi. He goes to craft service, which is where they keep all of the snack foods on a set. I need Diet Pepsi for the producer. He goes, we only have Diet Coke. And he was smart enough to know Good. that this was not going to be his finest moment. But he figures, I'm going to bring him the Diet Coke and then go get him a Diet Pepsi. So at least I've brought him something. Right. He goes and gives this producer the Diet Coke. Takes a sip. He goes, "What is this?" Because well, it's diet. It's 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 diet coke. Um, they don't have diet Pepsi, but I'm going to go to the Seven Eleven and get you this. And he, the producer, this true story, throws it on the ground in front of him and goes, "Okay, let me tell you what would happen to me if I did what you just did to me. If I go into the president of the studio and the president of the studio says, go get me Bruce Willis.'" I don't come back to him with fucking Corbin Burnson. <laughs> you just brought me Corbin Burnson. Oh my God. That's delusional. That's crazy. Oh my Corbin Burnson. Oh my God. Isn't that an amazing story? <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible. Oh, I love that story. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high-quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360-day returns. Quince dot com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to literally 
long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. You must have a lot, like, you know, stories you've heard or even seen how people oh. abuse their assistants or, yeah, I, you've, you've probably seen a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that, I mean, I, I never, I try to avoid those folks. So I, I, I never had an agent like that or a manager like that and have worked with very few producers like that. But we all know who the, the, the ironic thing was we always, we knew who they were. Right. Everybody knew. Yeah. I always equated it, especially with agents where, you know, I heard when I was coming up, I heard that they, you know, this agent at one of the agencies threw a full blown printer at his assistant, you know, <laughs> Uh, hang on, don't move. I'm yeah. picking it up. Like, stay right where you're sitting. Wait, hang on, because I'm going to... Hang on. <laughs> it's true. It so happened in the true. blink of an eye. He unplugged it. <laughs> he wheeled it over. He picked... There's nothing I could do. I couldn't even get out of the way. I couldn't even protect myself. So I just sat there waiting for him to do it. I even helped him pick up the printer. <laughs> I know. I think that, well, that's part of the thing. So when I was writing this book, I think there's so much, so much content that talks about the assistant who gives everything to mm -hmm. their job, just sacrifices their mental well-being, their physical well-being. And I never did that. And so I thought it might be refreshing to just write a story about somebody who, or write about how my experience has been working for someone who is very uh, famous and very beloved and also is just a joy to work for. And I had an assistant experience that was completely the opposite of what people think being a Hollywood assistant is. Yeah. And, and the book was a big hit for you. It, well, I mean, I, I still can't believe I'm saying this. I'm a New York times bestseller. <laughs> it's, a, it's something is wrong with this world. I think that, I, that, that exists. And they can never take it away from you as they, they say. Can never take it away from, I mean, I was blown away by how many people, uh, responded to it but by the way it's a real the new york times bestseller thing is a real thing so so yeah. so listener beware when they say best-selling author notice what they didn't say they didn't say new york times best-selling author right right and therein lies the rub someone told me i have to say i'm a new york times bestseller i don't just say i'm a bestseller i'm no, a new york yes. times bestseller because it right. apparently adds a different level of legitimacy to it, which I didn't even know. I mean, the whole book world is something I never knew anything about. It's a, no, it's a really real thing. It's a real world. thing because their their bestseller list is is the most is the is the the least likely to be gamed. Like if you make it onto that list, mm. those numbers are it's like the gold standard of it's like a Nielsen rating. Like they there there's is vetted in a way that other lists are are not so that, that oh was the, i didn't know that there's this i you know i know that there's a system to how they choose it yep. uh, or how they figure out the lists and everything and i wonder if it changed a lot over the years because of audible and kindles and e-readers and things like that I'm, I'm sure that they figured how to incorporate all that into it but yeah it's it's in it's it's crazy it is it's crazy Oh, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting when you get that. When you get that, like, wait, what? Yeah. What did I? I debuted it. What you? I think yours debuted at number six, if I'm not mistaken. It was number six. Well, mine was on the advice and how to list, which apparently is 
there's so many advice and how to books that are actually legitimate and actually give proper advice. Mine is just silly, but I was <laughs> below, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck and above how to not be racist by, and I was like, wow. something's, something's wrong. There's, you know, there's, or a, something's very right. <laughs> I look at the way true. I look at it. I go, no, no, no. That is exactly the world I that's the world I want to live in yeah I it was it was pretty incredible and I remember we were all homesick me and my husband and my two boys who are both one we were homesick and I was holding one of them and he was squirming a lot and I got the call from my publishers and they told me you're on the bestseller you're on the New York Times bestsellers and I was like oh my god I started to get overwhelmed and then we hung up and my son just like smeared all of his snot all over my (laughs) arm and I thought, okay, this, you know, he's keeping me humble. He's letting yes. me know it doesn't matter right now. You're mom and I'm sick. So just take care of me. So. By the way, <laughs> that never ends. They may be, m- mine are 28 and 26, and they're still rubbing their snot on me <laughs> oh. every way they can. I was hoping there would be a time when that just ended, but I guess not. That's what they're here for. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And the other thing, oh, I, I want to ask you about is you're you're a huge fan of Cher, who is also Armenian. Yes, she is. She's an icon. I am. Um, I'm just completely bowled over by her confidence. You've you've probably met her a bunch of times. Do you know her? Are you friends with her? I I have known Cher for a long, long, long time. We 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 don't we aren't like longtime friends, but we've had dinner together. I've been to her house, oh. you know, over the years I've spent time with her. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, when I first start, started work, started working for Conan, I was like, please be friends with Cher. Just, I want to meet her. And you know, he's got a lot of really great friends. I mean, he's, you know, close friends with Greg Daniels, who, you know, is the reason the office exists, yep. uh, the American office. And you know, it, it's huge. The friends that the people that he knows and parks and recreation. Yep. Um, but I was like, just be friends with Cher. Can you just know Cher? And, you know, I don't know how many times they've met, if they've ever met. I'm sure they have. But she's such an icon. And she is the only concert I've gone to with my mom in, like, the last 20 years. She and I. Wow. My mom and I went to uh, her Vegas residency with my other, with my best friend and her mom. And the four of us had a weekend in Vegas. And, um, it was just so, so much fun. And, uh, you know, my mom and I have always had this sort of generational and cultural gap. And I feel like Cher is the one thing that we had in common was we both just love her. And I have a a big portrait of Cher when you first walk into my house, she's looking right at you. And I've just always been drawn to how confident she is and how just, her career has spanned so many decades and I, I just, I'm in complete awe of her. She's my dream guest. I would love for her to be on the podcast. I mean, I can I you imagine it. the story she must have? Oh my God. I know. I feel like, uh, I could just, I, I wouldn't have to even say a word. I would just sit there and just be like, just listening all day. I, she must be incredible to. What I, with. what I appreciate about Cher and, people like her is when they are exactly who you hope they are. Do you know what I mean? Like, like uh, yeah. In like in like Tom Hanks is that way. Is like like, oh, you're Tom Hanks. <laughs> you really are Tom Hanks. Do, do you know what I mean? Because there are other people you meet and you're like, they're like, whatever. I mean they're perfectly nice, but you're not like do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? It's like I feel like you're like that too. Like just you know, from your podcast and listening to your podcast, and like just you are who I. You're exactly who I thought you would be, and that is really lovely. And I oh, think that you. you know Tom Hanks, you share, you know Conan, you guys have a license to be difficult and to be rude and people will just be like, I just got shoved in the arm by Tom Hanks and I don't care because it's <laughs> Tom kicked. Hanks, you know? Yeah. Or kicked. And I, and it, and the fact that you guys are not that way is just so refreshing. And I, I don't know how some people stay humble and others just completely lose themselves. I don't know how, I don't know what happens. I don't know how that. And you must see happens. that too. I mean, on a show like, Conan's like first of all the podcast you guys have been doing a lot longer than I have 
And then the show, the actual TV show, multiple guests, multiple days, and on and on and on. You're going to run. You've seen it all. Mm -hmm. You've seen guests who are, as Lauren Michaels would say, they're friends of the show. Like they're people (laughs) who you just know are going to come on and crush it and are great. And then there are those people you're like, oh my god, you know who's on today? Yeah. Fucking, can you believe it? (laughs) Right? Right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. And it's surprising. I don't. I'm I'm not going to list any names or say any names, but it is surprising how many. You know, when I when when people ask me who are the rude celebrities, it's never who you think it's going to be. That's right. You know, I, I in fact, without naming names, I will say that it's surprising how many younger people give into their fame much more easily than people who've been doing it for many, many years. You know, and I, I think that that's the thing that's really blown me away is that that's what I would that's what I would say is that it's it's the younger it's some of the younger guests that we've had that have just been so Same, out of I, touch. I had it on this podcast I won't mention a name but I had a, a, a somebody very very young on the podcast and we did we did the podcast and then he, their team by the way just the fact that I got a call from their team was right not a good sign and they wanted to re-edit it they they wanted to edit it Oh, they wanted my strange. podcast. I was like, I'm sorry, I just had Oprah Winfrey on here. Yeah, I said, uh, I said Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I said Chris Pratt, and this guy wants to re. Are you mental? <laughs> but <laughs> and and by the way, and, and and the person's a perfectly nice person. But what what it is is it's insecurity, uh-huh. inexperience, and fear, and so and then you let the expert, the quote unquote experts, into the room. Yeah. And then the experts are, you know, they want to create a reason for their job. Right, right. That's so that we have to protect you. Too. We went in there and we don't remember. It's just the worst. It's so interesting to me how many people are uh, coddled by their reps at, now. And like, and I do think that it's what you say it is. It's that people are justifying their salaries. So they feel yep. like they have to do something. And you realize you, you're just, you're overstepping at this point. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's great when you're around people who have had enough longevity and success that they truly don't give any fucks. They just yeah. they're who they are, and and it's just it's so refreshing. It's so fun, and 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 you know it when you see it. I mean, you totally yeah. know when you're up against somebody who's like oh, they are so down to clown. I love it. Yeah, but I I also think it's the you know people. I mean, when we talk about celebrity, you know, I think that the idea of a conventional celebrity might not exist as we remember it to be just because there's so much entertainment that's fragmented now. So people like, you know, I'm, I'm just bringing back to what, who we're talking about, like you and Conan and Cher and Tom Hanks, you know, you guys had solidified yourselves so much in the entertainment industry and you found a way to be relevant throughout your entire career and to reinvent yourselves and to like find other projects that talk to different generations. And I think you, you've gained that longevity like that, but now because not as many people may, might watch some of the movies or know a lot of the actors like they used to, I I feel like that level of celebrity might be much more difficult to attain. I I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, I think I, I, it it certainly seems that way because because of exactly what you, you say, like there can be a, a YouTube star or a TikTok star or an Instagram person who has way more followers than me. Right. But I don't know who they are. And I could walk out on the street and, and, and I promise you, you know, if I talk to 50 people, 48 of them won't know. Right. And then there are other people that, that it's just it's fame has absolutely changed. And, and it's social media was, is what really did it. And the fragmentation of um, the glut of programming. I mean, um, when I did my first TV series in 1979, there were 62 shows in entertainment, period. 62. There are three networks, Grant. Yeah. 60, by the way, the reason I know it was 62 because we were 62nd. We were always the last <laughs> play show. Always. Always the last play show. Oh, well, that's uh, why your career tanked, Rob. <laughs> I started off with a bang. I know where to go, but up. But now there aren't even there are more than sixty two outlets. Right. It's right. It's it's cool in a way because you do get 
like if you're interested in, you know, a very specific type of entertainment, you can find it. And that's very cool. That is and true. you can also find, you know, comedians or entertainers who speak to you specifically and they could be yours. And they, it's 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 something that like millions and millions of other pe- of other people might not share with you, which is nice. Uh, you know, but on the flip side, there is that, that, that big change that's happening where a lot of people think that they're famous, but when they do go out into the world, you know, they're, they're not as famous as they might think they are. I mean, people, people have said to me, they're like, what's it like to be famous? And I'm like, no, it's, there's nothing like working for someone who's famous to show you that you're not famous, (laughs) you know, that like, you know, when I go out into the world, if, you know, just because, you know, I've been in a video with Conan that's gotten, let's say 20 million views. If I go out into the world and people see me, they'll be like, ah, she kind of looks familiar. Is she so-and-so's cousin? Did I go to high school with her? That's amazing. That's, 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 you know, so I'm like, that's not fame as far as I know, you know, that's, that's not what it is. It's just, uh, she kind of looks familiar. I don't know. Maybe she's not. She's not anybody. Well, and then you have you. You're with somebody who just physically like Conan. There, there's n- very few people in the world that look like Conan. Right. I mean, right. like like Conan walking down the street with Conan is like walking down the street with a with like a a zoo animal. Like you can't. <laughs> she, they're like there's there's no hiding. Big red. No, there is absolutely. He could wear a hat, a mask. You know, he can wear sunglasses. Half his face can be covered and I will be walking with him and someone will say, hey, Conan, there's no way to hide who he is. He is so just obvious every single time. She is delightful. And I had such a good time. This is why I do this. I have such a good time. I mean, where else am I going to have a conversation as wide ranging as... Jay Leno has eyes like a Siberian Husky Malamut that Conan O'Brien is a poopa all in the same podcast. That's why we do it. You never know what's going to happen. And I, and it takes great guests like that to, to, to make it happen. And I hope you guys had as much fun as, as I did doing that. All right. Just one more thing before we end today's episode, let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe, 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob, this is Mary from Long Island. I listened to your podcast, and there's multiple conversations about multi-camera versus single-camera. And, of course, we can all understand what that means. However, is there any way you can um, give us some examples with TV shows so I can truly comprehend the difference? Wow, that's a great question. Thank you. By the way, I didn't realize that clearly that's some kind of an obsession with mine if you're picking up the fact that I've talked about it a much. So, yeah, so um, a single-camera comedy would be The Office, would be Parks and Recreation, would be New Girl, would be 30 Rock. Multi-camera would be Big Bang Theory. Um, all, all of those. Uh, it's really anything with a laugh track, frankly. Because Phil Rosenthal put it better than anything. A multi-camera show is shot with multi-cameras. But it is a play. That's why you have the audience, live audience, or a laugh track. It's a play put on film. Single camera comedies are are no different than movies or other television shows. They look the same. They're shot sort of the same. Multi-camera, you know, Mary Tyler Moore, Mork and Mindy, Taxi, Frasier, Friends, multiple cameras, audience. They all look very much alike because you're limited in how you can shoot them. There's an audience in front of you. So, you know, you're not going to be running around like a crazy person. So that's that's how you know the difference. And, of course, if you've listened to me a lot, you you know that I bemoan the fact that current multi-camera TV shows are just not good at all. And I don't know why that is um, because um, there's no reason. And I would love to do a great one. Um, anyway, thank you. Nice question. Uh, keep listening. Next week, um, we will be right here. We're not going anywhere. We're here. If it's Thursday, there's a there's an episode coming out of this 
podcast. So um, be sure to download um, the whole season, please. That would be very good. And then you won't miss anything. And until then, I will see you on the next Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. Our research is done by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music you hear is by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.